Hi everyone and welcome back to the In Our Backyard podcast with your host Jen Galler. And in this episode, I talk with Sabrina Webster, who is a resident of Piney Grove, North Carolina, which is in the one mile radius of where the Winston-Salem Weaver Fertilizer Plant Fire happened in January of last year. I did four other episodes about the fire itself and stricter regulations that need to be in place, especially for ammonium nitrate that the community was exposed to. So listen to episodes five, six, seven, and eight for that. There is now a report out about the fire that highlights instances when local officials told the public that air quality was okay and pollutants were just irritants, when in fact levels of particulate matter 2.5 were in the EPA's hazardous and very unhealthy categories. Yet they told residents that it was safe to go back to their homes four days after the fire. With Sabrina, we talk about the day the fire happened, the process coming back, the rich history of the Piney Grove community, how the media portrays the community, the lack of compensation they got, and now the current situation. To contact and connect with Sabrina will be in the show notes below. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. So hi, everyone. I'm with Sabrina Webster, who is a resident of Winston-Salem and neighbor to the fertilizer plant fire that happened last year. So just starting out, could you explain the fire situation and how you found out about this? I was on my way home and I got a call from my daughter telling me that it was a fire on Indiana Avenue, but she could see the flames from our home. And I would have to take a detour from Indiana to North Point Boulevard. As I was approaching the highway, I was close to Akron Drive, getting off on Akron Drive. And even before then, I, I could see the smoke from off the highway, but I didn't know just how severe the fire was. Once I approached Indiana Avenue, I couldn't go no further. I had to take a detour to North Point. At the corner of North Point and Cherry Street, that's when I saw the blaze of weaver fertilizer and blaze on the on fire. Mm, and were you aware and, the plant was there in the first place and what it was doing? I was very aware of weaver fertilizer plant. They had been in the neighborhood for years. My daughter, by her being younger, she wasn't aware of the plant. She just mm-hmm. knew it was plant there, but she didn't know what it was. And so what was their response to you and your neighbors to evacuate whenever you did get back to your house? Well, first and foremost, when I was on North Point in Cherry, I was just totally shocked. I think I, I parked my car and just looked at the fire. The fire looked like it was touching the sky and I could see a fireman up real high just sprinkling water down on the fire. And I saw several people on the side of the road, on the side of the street, just standing there looking at the fire. And as I proceeded to come home, I had to take the back way which I took home road to Indiana and a policeman was right there on that intersection at that intersection telling me that I could go no further. And I explained to him that I lived in the community and I needed to 
go home and get my daughter and my personal items. He had to radio ahead to his supervisor, and I heard his supervisor say, tell her to get her belongings and and get out as quick as possible. So as I proceeded to come home, my daughter, she was here at the house, and she said, Mom, I think it's best that we leave the house. At that time, I was working in a nursing home that had COVID, so I could not go to uh, my sister's houses. I have two sisters that live in the in Salem. I could not go to their house because I didn't want to expose them to COVID. My daughter couldn't go to my ex-husband, her father, home because he lived in the neighborhood as well. So she had her belongings already packed and ready to go. And I told her, I said, I'm right behind you. Go ahead and leave the house. And honestly, I was not going to leave because I didn't, I didn't think it would be as severe as the, as the fire was until I heard the first explosion, then a second explosion. And I, I started grabbing my clothes. I got my dog and I was trying to grab as many old photo albums as possible, but I, I just picked up what I could. I couldn't get my cat. She was nowhere to be found. So mm-hmm. I I have a friend that lives around the corner. Well, first of all, I called my cousin, my cousin Vonda Thomas, like that lived right down the street. And I told her, I said, Vonda, said, um, you probably need to leave the house. I said, the explosion that I just heard shook the entire house. And she said, I know. She said, it shook my house as well. Like I was saying, I have a friend that live around the corner. I called him. He had his clothes already packed in a bag. And we left the neighborhood. And I didn't know which direction to, where to go, I, I, which direction would be safe. So mm-hmm. I stopped. It was like five miles headed towards the university, towards the rural hall area. And I pulled over because I had to call hotels that would accept my pet, which I was able to find uh, the Doubletree on university. That's where we uh, we stayed for two days. We stayed two days there. Important point you said was that, yeah, COVID was going on at this time. So evacuating made it that much harder as well. So did they tell you any of the risks that were at hand? And if not, what were the risks of being exposed to this air and the pollution that was going on? Well, of course, it was on on the news. It made national news. At that time, we was not really informed of what had caused the fire, we was not aware of that, of the 600 tons of ammonia nitrate that was stored at the Weaver Fertilizer plant. I just recall looking at the news, not being able to sleep, not knowing whether or not I was going to even have a home to come back to. It was just a scary time because I stayed up all night looking at the news and I think at some time or another they decided that trying to fight the fire was was not happening so they had to evacuate the area 
the firemen and the police, and I think the media, they told them they was in high danger. Not for sure when they actually found out about the 600 tons of ammonia nitrate that was stored there on the premises, but I think it was the right decision to make for the safety of the fire department, the police, and anybody else that was working to put out the fire. Yeah, and did you know if there had been any problems beforehand with this, or did you know about the plant in general and what they were using when buying property there? We have to understand that the Pine Grove community is an old community that was the first house was built back in 1930. I was not born during that era. However, I live one street over from the Weaver Fertilizer Fire, from the plant itself. And I know that my parents and the neighbors in the community, especially on Tobacco Road, uh, Miss Bastai, Matt Neal, Miss Palmer, Mr. Charlie Brown, they had been trying to get the Weaver fertilizer plant out of the community for years, for mm-hmm. years. And the city was very aware that the elders was not happy with Weaver fertilizer being, being there directly in behind, especially the neighbors that lived on the left side of Tobacco Road. Their property was in the very front of the Weaver fertilizer plant. Now it's been exactly a year now. So what's the current situation now? And is there still harmful chemicals in the air? And yeah, what was the process of like coming back into your houses? The process of, of coming back, my daughter and I, we stayed, we stayed away for four days. Coming back to the house, to the unknown not knowing what I was going to open the door to. That particular day, when they were saying that they thought it was safe to come back to your home, I had a panic attack. I I called non-emergency number, and I spoke to a counselor because I had the fear. I, I had the fear of the unknown. I, I, I thank the Lord that there wasn't a major explosion because nine times out of ten, well, ten out of ten, I wouldn't have been here to talk to you and have this discussion today. The lady, she spoke with me all the way home at the time I was working in High Point, North Carolina, and she talked to me all the way to Indiana Avenue. Because mm-hmm. I was just a nervous wretch. Mm-hmm. My daughter and I, we, we entered the home together. And by working in a nursing home environment, we had the gown, the gloves, the N95 mask. And that's how we entered the home, not knowing what to expect. But it was white substance throughout my house couldn't actually see it, but you could take your finger 
with the glove on and you, you knew it was something that wasn't dust, but I'm not for sure what it was, but I know it wasn't in my home before I left. Mm, wow. I really wanted to go get a hotel that night. And my daughter was like, no, mom, we need to start cleaning up, throwing things away and and just wiping that, wiping everything, wiping everything down. We went to Target and found an air purifier and we turned that on once we came back and just start cleaning and wiping and wiping and cleaning and disposing of anything that was left on the countertop. So that was our experience coming back home. Didn't feel comfortable uh, using the water. We ate out. I think we ate out for over for like two weeks. Didn't want to cook anything. Wasn't sure of anything that was in the refrigerator. I think I even cleaned, I cleaned everything out that was even in the refrigerator, just had a whole lot of anxiety. My daughter and I, I think we slept with each other for for over a week. But we also, the next following day when we came home, I called the fire department here to the home because there was a smell that was in the house. And I have a friend that works for the fire department, and he suggested to call the fire department and open up all the doors and all the windows, uh, which we did. So when the fire department came, that's what they had suggested as well. Mm-hmm. And running running fans to try to get the fumes out of the house. Yeah, were you told that it was safe coming back in your house at that point? It's like four days after and, you know, seeing all of this dust that was not there before and then... Were you compensated at all for any of the cleaning supplies you had to buy or air purifier? No, no, I was not. I was not. Mm, But did they tell you it was safe to come back in? Yes, they did say it was safe to come back in. Mm, Yeah. Okay. Wow. And yeah. So how has it been through, I guess, this past year and now is adjusting back and yeah kind of just dealing with the whole process now well it's really been it's been a struggle because so many unanswered questions and concerns even though we had you can say a town hall meeting with the alderman and the representatives of the city it did not sit well with me the way the city handled the situation with the fire town hall meeting. The first one was held at Haynes Hosiery Recreation Center. And if you didn't live within the one mile radius and you had to evacuate your home, maybe even have children, the elderly, it was a whole lot of tension with the town hall meeting where people that did not have to deal with the situation, did not understand the stress, the frustration, the anger that the people in the Piney Grove community and the surrounding communities 
was dealing with. Yes, the city has has provided monies, but the monies that they provided was not enough. It's like it was a slap in the face. The media portrays Piney Grove community as being a low-income community. That's what the media and outsiders see. But our community, our beloved Piney Grove community, is so much more than what they see. It's a community that loves each other, provides for each other. It's a community that I feel safe in. It's a community that I was grown up in. It's a community that nests my grandfather. My grandfather, both of my parents grew up in the Piney Grove community. And this community is about family. I grew up in the community with my grandparents, my parents, my uncles, my aunts, my cousins, neighbors and friends. Even my mother and father, a school teacher, lived right next door, Miss Vasta McNeil. So our community is enriched with a rich history, the Piney Grove Baptist Church that has been in the community for over 130 plus years. So with the city knowing or the media want to say that this is a low-income area, but yet you provided, what, $350 to the residents that probably spent their last earned money getting a hotel, buying food for their families. That, and still is, is an insult to the families that needed that money, but $350? No, that 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 is not nearly enough for what was needed for um, my neighbors in the Piney Grove community and surrounding communities. That was not enough. Mm. How can people listening support, you know, the organizing? that the community is doing? The Piney Grove community have always been a strong community, always had a voice, but we needed extra voices. And that's why I am so appreciative of the Blue Ridge Environmental Defense League that approached the Piney Grove community with the environmental concerns because the concerns was out there the safety of the water, the quality of air, the soil. So the Blue Ridge Environmental Team assisted us with having a louder voice to be heard within the community, especially with a city council. So these are concerns that we had had, we had to wait almost a whole year. Well, it has been a year. A year is approaching January 31st of 2023 that have not been answered. What about the quality of health? What have you done to make sure that this is not going to happen in any other neighborhood? Is it going to be a long-term or short-term or long-term issues with health. 
Mm-hmm. Is it safe to have vegetation, to grow vegetation? The runoff of the fire killed several animals, the fish that was in the ponds, birds. But yet, Weaver Fertilizer wanted to blame the runoff from the apartments on Brownsboro Road of them, the disposal of grease. If that was the case, it would have affected the pond, the fish in the surrounding, the little animals around the pond years ago, not just of recently after the fire started. So it's so many concerns and unanswered questions surrounding the fire. I understand the weed fertilizer plant was grandfathered in years ago. However, when that's because County Grove used to be in the county, but when they changed the zoning of Piney Grove, they should have been changing the policy of Weaver Fertilizer Plant as well, making sure that they had the proper fire sprinkler in place, that they had they didn't overload the chemicals that they had on the premises. When that fire in Texas occurred and it only had 15 tons of ammonia nitrate and killed several people in just flattened homes and businesses, that was the time for the city, which they did have a meeting with the Weaver Fertilizers representative. And it's out there somewhere on YouTube because the city records each and every city council meeting. The representatives from the city asked the Weaver Fertilizer representative questions about the safety of the plant and could this ever happen here in Winston-Salem. Do you think the representatives of the Weaver Fertilizer plant was going to say that they had anything that would shut the business down? Mm -hmm. Of course not. But without, did the city go and investigate? What did they do? What did the city council members do once they had an alarm with the Texas fire of a fertilizer plant? They should have been putting things in place to make sure we're going to prevent this from ever happening in Winston-Salem. But they didn't. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. I don't care whether the city cannot make provisions for a fertilizer plant, but the federal government can. If the city is concerned about this right here, can the possibilities of this happening in our city can happen. They put nothing in place to prevent this fire, nothing. And I want to know why. Yeah, I think that's the main question. And why didn't they have any safety measures or why did they build it so close a residential area? Huge lack of foresight on that. And it really costs people a lot in the end. Just finishing out, how can people contact or connect with you if they have questions or want to reach out about this? They can contact me through my email, which is Sabrina Webster, 109 at yahoo.com. We do have 
with the help of the Blue Ridge Environmental Defense League, we have a lead as well that is called the Piney Grove Lead of Change, contacting Jason or myself through you guys' website. Thank you so much to Sabrina for speaking with me. Anything we talked about will be linked in the show notes below. And tune in in two weeks for a new episode. Have a good week, everyone.